Welcome. This is the Club NFT podcast where we focus talking to project founders in the Solana NFT space. You're going to want to hear about the helpful insights, innovations, all that's happening now and get clarity how NFTs as a tech and shifting to Web3 is the number one opportunity of our generation, especially if you're an entrepreneur, a fellow founder, an investor, you're going to want to listen in. I'm your host, Trevor Johnson, founder of Club NFT, a community where we help NFT investors profit. Let's get into this episode as we roll this clip. Let's go. Welcome, everybody. This is the Club NFT podcast, and I got a wonderful, wonderful guest here today. Um, it is Jen from CrossMint, and she is an absolute gem, powerhouse of a woman, always active within the communities, um, has a great voice on Twitter, and just always around, you know, jiving with many different communities around the NFT space. So um, she's going to tell us a little bit more about CrossMint itself and how that's revolutionizing the space and get to know her a little bit better as a person. So Jen, um, you know, welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, would love to hear a little bit more on about you. Like, t- tell me about you a little bit. Tell us our listeners what what we need to know. And let's start from there. Yeah, sure. Um, hey, everybody. Thanks so much for having me on. Um, I'm Jen. Uh, that's actually my pen name. I'm My name is not actually Jen Fur. Uh, that's, I'm a science fiction author on the side. So I work in Web3 full-time uh, for CrossMint, which is a startup that uh, op- that does infrastructure for payments for NFTs um, and other, other tooling and everything around the NFT lifecycle. Um, I actually used to be in uh, quality engineering and uh, was a tech trainer for, before this. And now, funnily enough, I'm in business development and sales and PR, which I've never done before in my life. Um, so the the best, the, the most interesting thing I, I take away from this and I like to tell people is that, you know, if you want to get into this emerging market, this, this new, um, you know, computing primitive of, of Web3, blockchain, NFTs, all this technology... It's so new and so raw. It's like a frontier world out there. And a lot of companies and projects are looking for people and not resumes because right now there aren't that many roles that are very clearly defined because we don't yet know how NFTs and all these things are going to work and change our lives. So I would say you want to get into it, you know, just do what I did and just find something you really like and just get hyped about it and get excited and and start diving in. So, um, So yeah, I've worked in... Uh, fintech, like I said, I was a quality uh, quality engineer, but I worked in fintech, AAA gaming, um, and I was a tech trainer for a while. So I worked for Boeing, um, Department of Defense. I was in the military. Quite a uh, quite a bit of a varied background. Um, and I first came into NFTs and and um, and Web three and crypto and all that in 2017. And I tried to mint a crypto kitty, and I got really upset and frustrated with Ethereum at the time because I just I, it was unacceptable to me um, the gas fees and gas wars and things like that. So I just kind of quit. Um, but then I got into day trading, like standard you know stocks and stuff. And uh, about a year and a half of that, and then late after that, I started doing crypto trading. And um, it was a very short hop from there to Solana NFTs last September. And so I've been in ever since and started four months after I got into Solana NFTs working full time in Web3. And so here we are. Well, hey, big congratulations on that. And uh, it's it's cool because I share a similar journey in a sense of like, you know, the path from going from, you know, doing some things entrepreneurially to to uh, working to um, now day trading. 
right? Crypto. And then uh, I got into Solana NFTs uh, literally last September myself too and, and uh, quickly took it full time. And it's like a big passion. Um, so I'm, we're definitely going to be talking about that a little bit more. Um, cool. So um, how long has, um, you know, you've been working with Crossman specifically? Um, so Crossman, I first found them in November of last year. Like I said, I started in September uh, in NFCs and I found Crossman when they were, they had just started um, building, I think they're almost on their one year anniversary of when they started talking about it and started working mm-hmm. on it to co-founders. And I found it, so it would have been October of last year. They started November is when I found it late November. I found a project called Desolates on Solana blockchain, which is 3D mm-hmm. metaverse worlds, like a decentralized metaverse world. So it's very much owned by the person who, you know, owns the NFT. You get to build it, do whatever you want with it. And um, being a science fiction author, I fell in love with this project. And then I, you know, they were doing it multiple drops because I didn't know this, but they were building Crossman at the same time. And so they were doing this drop as well, the, the Desolates one. And so they were testing Crossmint on the Desolates drop. So they would do m- like multiple mints, you know, of the supply. And I got onto one and, you know, Seoul was the, the back in the glory days of being over $200 and, you know, those things got on and I saw the ability to pay with a credit card on the mint. And I just lost my mind because I'm somebody who really, really hates money. I hate dealing with it. It makes me anxious, which is why I've worked in fintech. And I really love it so much because I love anything that makes my life easier. So I can spend my time and my effort and have less stress and can focus on the things I care about, not about stuff that makes me super anxious. And so, yeah, that's, that's how I came in, came to know about Crossman. And I just got really involved in the community and, and started helping during mints, um, giving screenshots, just pr- being like a, you know, community manager almost. And then they just asked me to work for them. And so I had a really cushy job at Webflow, actually. And I was like, well, do I want to quit this cushy job that I kind of have 10 years experience doing that's super easy or go work 14 hours a day at a startup in the forefront of Web3 and everything's insane? The answer is obviously the latter. So here I am. I I joined officially in January as like the fourth employee or fifth employee or so. And now we're up to 42 people at the company. Wow, that's super exciting. Um, the growth, I, I hear that now. I'm like, whoa, that's so cool. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, that that life shift of like, you know, uh, working that safe, cushy uh, job and then now to be like, you know what, I'm going to commit to this startup. I have no clue where it's going to go, but uh I'm going to just send it, I guess, and, and see what happens. We'll right? send, man. Let's yeah. do it. <laughs> so um, really, really fun. So basically, like, t- tell me about that. So you basically were just a user of of Crossman. Like, mm-hmm. I've only started really becoming a user over the last, like, uh, few weeks. Like, you've seen me, like, you know, tweeting about it. But I'm like, yeah. uh, it's very easy to use. But basically, you were a user. And then you're like, man, I really believe in this. And this is really cool. And then you're like, man, I want to get more involved. Uh, like, tell me about like your your involvement uh, story. Yeah. So, uh, like I said, I was um, in I was in the Desolates Discord, which is the project mm. that the Crossman creators were building to test it because they wanted to build it anyway. They loved the idea of it, and then they wanted to also build Crossman, so they decided to test it. Um, and so. 
Uh, when I got in there and like I said, I fell in love with it immediately. I used it. I bought three planets at one soul each, which was a grand total of $600, um, which is makes me sad now, <laughs> given the price of Solana here in October 2022 is about $35 on a good day. Um, and so I got really excited. So what I did is um, people would come in and they would ask questions about Crossman. And specifically, I would go and take screenshots because as a quality engineer, one of my things that I would do is, you know, file a lot of bug tickets. And so I'm very good with like, I have a lot of screenshot programs. I have them default downloaded on all of my like personal computers and stuff because I can't live without it. So I'm like taking screenshots and videos and annotating and posting them in the chat and just be like, here, here's how you mint. Here's what it looks like. Here's what a failure looks like. Here's who you email when there's a failure. Here's what your wallet looks like. Here's your NFTs. This is how you can export your NFT to a different wallet, blah, blah, blah. And showing people and like explaining it to them that, you know, this is a way to buy an NFT with a credit card. And then it goes to a special wallet that we create for you automatically that you can log into with Gmail or it was only Gmail at that time. We only have one login mechanism. And it was like mind blowing because people didn't have to have crypto. They didn't have to have a crypto wallet. They didn't have to know anything about crypto. They were just buying a digital asset. And it was crazy because I had just gotten off of the whole learning how to get into Solana after, you know, three, four years earlier, failing in Ethereum essentially to do NFTs because I just, I just got frustrated with it. Mm. And I'm a very tech oriented person. So if I get frustrated. Imagine the average, you know, just, Instagram enjoyer out there, you know, imagine them trying to get in and, and buy an NFT and it's just ridiculous. So I saw the potential in this immediately. It was like, I love this. I have to be a part. I've got to, I've got to do it. Wow. And then you, you pictured the vision. You're like, okay, I, I'm going to just, you know, show up and work my way through and, uh, you know, hopefully they recognize you and, and bring you on. So now, now you're here. So What's yeah, your... the funny thing is, is they didn't, I didn't even go into it with that intention. I just yeah. loved it. And it was, it was one of those things that I gave my honest work to it. And I just was like, dude, I, I love what you guys are doing. And mm. I just, I want to participate somehow. And I just, I just kept showing up. I would be there every day, um, talking, chatting, mint day. I was there. I was like part of the team on mint day, even though I was just a community member. And so eventually they, they made me a, you know, a community like manager leader person, just like mm. part of the team. And then they were like, we really want you to work full time. Like we want you to come on. Like this is not enough. So yeah. it was really cool because I had ended up becoming an evangelist for Crossman. Um, I had started telling all kinds of projects. I was like finding these little, you know, whatever projects that were minting. And I'd be like, dude, if you guys heard of this, you should add it. It's free. It's five lines of code. You can just get people to pay with credit card and they don't have to worry about having Solana. And it just blew my mind because then I would see, then the numbers came out. It was like 30 to 40% of mints were going through Crossmint regardless. And I'm like, yeah, those aren't just web two people. Those are people like me who are just like lazy and don't want to deal with all the exchange crap. So anyway, yeah, I just, yeah. I just really loved it. And so they brought me on board. Yeah. They're like, we want more of this energy, this wonderful, <laughs> yeah. this wonderfulness. Uh, yeah. It's so cool because um, like a lot of the guests that I brought onto the show here, it's like, um, everyone has a very similar story of like how they built their way to, you know, whether it's a founding position or onto the team here, right? It's like you mm -hmm. show up into some sort of community, some sort of project and you give without like any expectation of return and voila, you know, as you continually to keep uh, laying bricks, you know, next thing you know, you might be a part of the team or next thing you know, you gain the experience to, go and find your own project or be a part of that, that original team and, and build your way up. And it's just really cool to see that um, in so many um, spectrums. And I recommend it to anyone that's getting involved in the space. Um, you know, if you want to get more and more involved, it's like, 
finding a nice community, planting a flag and, and, you know, just, you know, overall giving, and it's just cool what, what can happen through those experiences. So Mm -hmm. um, thank you for being one of those um, stories. (laughs) Like it's huge. It inspires other people too. Right. So, yeah, like I said, just be passionate because in this space, the job roles are so, they just don't really exist yet, right? It's not an industry mm. that's been established forever. You can kind of just jump in and be like, I love this. And like, okay, what are you good at? Okay, well, what do you think you're good at? We think you're good at this. <laughs> Hence, yeah. sales and, and PR and business development. I've never been in any of those in my life. And I actually really enjoy them and love them. Now, I will say that sales in Web3 is significantly different than any other sales job I would have ever imagined. Because I am a super like head in the clouds, creative, like, uh, like I said, I would rather never call anybody. So the idea of doing mm-hmm. a sales job is like the last thing on earth that I would ever do. But in, in web three, it's like, I hang out on Twitter and discord all day. And that's my sales job. I jump on Twitter spaces. I talk to people in DMS during those Twitter spaces and afterwards, and I find cool projects and I try them out. I'm like, dude, we can really, you know, work together. And that's, that's, that's my job. It's just like, it's almost, it's almost like a game. It feels like it's similar to just being a part of like an MMO or something. And I'm just going to another town and I'm like, Mm. okay, you know, let's go and craft something over here and then let's go over here. And it's just, it's a lot of fun. It's, it's weird. It's weird how fun it is. I love that description around the, the sales within web three, right? It's like, you're, you're jumping around, uh, you know, having fun, replying to tweets, like, you know, yeah. it's like, I, I see vividly like this fairy jumping around. Thing, <laughs> like, like, hey, you know, let, let's help you. Let's help you. Uh, you know, um, but it's like, this This is really cool. And, and the perception of sales can be very negative sometimes, yeah. but um I'm really glad that you, you explained it well. I don't think we need to go deeper on it, but it's like, uh, it, it's, it's a great, um, great way to, great way to explain it and show it. So um, what I would like to talk about is, you know, this user face of, you know, it's this understanding from like a web two perspective and Hey, you know, I want to get involved in crypto NFTs. It's like, but it's like so many things I need to learn. I need to create wallets, man. I hear about people getting hacked. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, man, I got to set up this exchange accounts, you know, KYC, you know, um, mumble jumble all my money around. It, it's confusing. And, you know, some people will get, you know, stuck there and then just give up. Right. So I'd love to hear more about the vision and how you make it so easy for, you know, the newest person getting involved in the space to, actually get involved to actually get started um would love to uh, go down that rabbit hole yeah sure so that's exactly what you just described is the problem crossment is out to solve and it's one that we have been solving and it's just a matter of getting this tool into the hands of the projects that are going to onboard these people um so i firmly believe that web3 is the future it's the next iteration of computing it's the next computing primitive the next paradigm of technology that's going to solve problems we don't even know exist yet And so we don't know what they are. So we have to have people come in and tell us through their actions, what the problem is that they're going to solve through the, the, you know, their participation in the NFT space, through showing what sorts of ventures they like and things like that. It's going to gradually coalesce just like when the dot-com bubble happened, um, you know, Amazon was a part of that. And it was like this crappy little website that nobody really cared about or thought of was very great. And I remember my mom distinctly saying, Hey, why would I ever put a credit card on the website and expect some weird bozo in another state to ship me a book? Why don't I just go down the store and buy one? 
and now we can't live without it. Right. And it's like, but that was because consumers came, they figured out internet, they figured out Amazon, things like PayPal made it easier to shop and to operate and to participate in these new computing, again, these new um, computing primitives, these new technological paradigms like Amazon. And so now it's an inseparable part of our everyday life. And so NFTs are going to be that. And I believe NFTs are going to be a part of it, not just blockchain, not just Web3 in general, but NFTs because, um, you know, I can't say exactly why, but I, it's one of those things that you can see how it evolves conceptually, certain, certain things within the human, you know, experience. So things like ownership, things like, you know, proof of ownership, things like um, transparency, uh, you know, knowing, knowing who's a part of a community, um, the history, the record of something, um, individual ownership rather than centralized ownership. So totally decentralized versus centralized. These kinds of things are super important and are going to definitely lead, it, lead us into the next, you know, next te technological revolution. So, um, how do we get, like I said, your average Instagram enjoyer who's out there drinking a pumpkin spice latte right now here in this lovely October day. Um, the thing is, is it's not going to come through these monkey profile pictures and all these like nerds that are all on Twitter spaces today, because we are all the early adopters. We're all the people that love technology. We're all the people that are here because we like the idea of it. And we also either share the same vision or, you know, have some sort of ulterior motive that drives us to learn about this technology, whether it's for profit, for, you know, art, um, for all these different mechanisms. Like me as a science fiction author, I'm very interested in NFTs because I'm interested in IP um, ownership of my stuff, not having it plagiarized or ripped off, um, being able to grow a strong community of people, like maybe with a limited NFT collection or, or you know, something like that. And so, the mass adoption of folks into Web 2 or from Web 2 into Web 3 is going to come through the Web 2 companies. So it's going to come from folks like uh, Disney and Coca-Cola and, you know, Starbucks, who are all working on NFT projects, right? So they are going to lead the charge. They are going to make it mainstream. They're going to make NFTs a household word, word even though they'll probably have to rebrand it to something other than what and what Twitter has has made into an inflammatory, you know, uh, thing these days. Um, and they're going to have to show people how it's different than just like logging in and, you know, they say you have, you know, X points or whatever, and you can use those points to buy something because all of those sorts of existing membership and those tickets and those deals that, that exist now are all centralized. They're owned by these Web2 entities. And so once we start, it's going to be an interesting balance because these companies are obviously have a vested interest in keeping ownership of these, you know, those people's attention. Um, and so it's going to be interesting to see how it benefits the companies, the Web2 companies, and how the audience starts to clamor and want to have NFTs. So we got to change the narrative first. So we have to push it out. It has to have a use case for these companies. And then it has to have an easy onboarding mechanism. So whether that is still CrossMint in the future, it's something that we want to provide. We want to make it so that these Web2 companies can add CrossMint to their website. And, it, and by adding it to their website and their mint and their, you know, if, even if it's not mint, if they have like a marketplace or whatever, anybody can go and buy into their NFT project, whatever it happens to be, their membership program, 
using a credit card. We also do a debit card, Apple Pay, Google Pay, you know, all kinds of different forms of payment. Um, pretty soon we'll be doing some of the more local um, payment methods and mechanisms for different countries, um, you know, and using Crossmint is accepted in like 133 countries or something like that. It's just all the countries minus ones that are U.S. sanctioned. And so in doing so and creating this custodial wallet that's very Web2 friendly, so people just log in and they can see their little collectibles, kind of like going on to uh, like iTunes and seeing all the albums you own, it's a very similar experience going on to a Crossmill wallet. And so all of these things need to start aligning, and they are. It's just going to take some time in order to onboard Web 2 to Web 3 and get us all on the same technological train moving forward again. Yeah. Uh-huh. I thank you for sharing all of that, right? It's a, it's this journey of like, hey guys, like it's happening, um, whether we like it or not. And, you know, yeah. us planting our flags right now early and, and being a part of this, you know, um, we can be very highly rewarded, right? It's, it's definitely a way of the future. It's definitely a technology and something that's here to stay, right? You know, proof of ownership. You know, I explained to, you know, the newbie, you know, NFTs, all it is, it's a tech and the technology is basically to show proof of ownership of a digital asset. And, you know, all these things are digital these days, right? And it's like, why would we not want to have that as like our own, right? So, um, yeah, I mean, like if I get tired of my Fall Guys skin, why can't I sell it to somebody else? (laughs) Yeah, and that too, right? I don't want it anymore. (laughs) So, and there's someone that's wanting that too, right? They're like, I've been waiting for that skin. I want that. Right. So I should probably um, say Fortnite. Let's use a game that's actually still popular. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But um, cool. So like, you know, for me, like I've been using CrossMint for the last like maybe month. Like I I didn't really know much about CrossMint before. Like uh, I was in the space when Desolates was coming out. I actually bought a Desolate on on secondaries. I never knew that even CrossMint was uh, participating with them. Um, and then I, I stumbled upon CrossMint when I think after they merged with Magic Eden, right? And um, I've been able to use it very successfully. It's like, man, I'm like tired of moving money from my bank account into Solana to go buy, you know, in the exchange and then moving it to my wallet and then buying mm-hmm. the NFT, right? I'm like, wow, yeah. this is so easy. I can just swipe my credit card. Like, say what yeah you know, that's it, how i felt it's, it's well, a little it's a little dangerous it's very enticing yeah, right yeah, it's like, about it. like you know i'm like well maybe i could like beat the 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 rates uh, that they um give on me right so yeah for real know. yeah i think but, i'm like the number seven highest user of crossment ever <laughs> yeah. it's, it's dangerous but, uh, i think that's dollar value because i was minting back when solana was 200 though <laughs> super funny so uh, I'm, I'm really curious. So what are you guys doing to get these big partnerships, right? You're like you land yeah. at Magic Eden, which is the number one marketplace of all of Solana and literally becoming the number one of all NFTs, right? Um, you know, how do you land these big partnerships? And you're talking about even like, you know, Disney, uh, Coca-Cola, right? Yeah. Like uh, yeah. what's your roadmap on, you know, landing these big, big names? Yeah. So, um, well, first of all, like we, we provide Magic Eden services. I just want to make sure that point's clarified. We don't, we didn't merge with them. Um, just, yeah, just to clarify that point. Uh, we have had a lot of people offer to buy us already, but that's how it happens in startups. So Mm -hmm. 
Um, the way that we, the way that we get clients like this is not just going and slamming, you know, our fists on the front door and saying, Hey, we're awesome. You should use us. Um, that is the worst way to do sales ever. The best way to do sales is literally, and I'm talking from a web three perspective, because I have literally never sold a thing in my life other than like at a Girl Scouts bake sale. Uh, like me, I, I, I was really bad at selling Girl Scout cookies. Even like I sucked at it. I was just not good at it. Um, in web three, the best way to do it is honestly to participate in the space where those projects are. And so show honest interest in what they are currently building and people know if you're bullshitting them. Right. So for me, like we have a multi-pronged approach for our sales team. Um, we call it the B, you know, BD, BDR, um, business development, business development representatives, and so we have people that work on LinkedIn. Um, and so those are the people that are a lot more like professional oriented um, and they can reach out to like uh, VP of marketing, um, you know, C-suite people, uh, folks like that. And they're the ones that are talking to these larger partnerships. And then we've got, um, you know, the, the boots on the ground, the DGENs, those of us who have been in the space because we were in it because we loved it. And we all minted, you know, stupid stuff and and flipped it and have gotten rugged and all that stuff. And we've been here, right? So we've got a couple of us who are Solana and Ethereum natives. And so the way that we got something like Magic Eden um, was honestly because we love Magic Eden, number one. And number two, you know, we had to prove ourselves, so we are a company, imagine us coming onto the scene in like January is really when we kind of broke out. And um, imagine us coming out of the scene saying, hey, with five lines of code, back then it was 10 lines of code, we have since consolidated and made things much more efficient. Um, we, we're going to make it so that you can add, add a button that says take credit cards on your page for your 10 lines of code and it's free. It sounds like a scam. Like, it, it just sounds like it's like, there's no fucking way. Like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so we had to work with projects, you know, be real. We have to be our, ourselves, be super real. Like we were doxxed very early. Um, and a lot of people know who we, we were, who they had our LinkedIn links and everything. And, uh, you know, just proved that it would work. And so obviously that's why we tested it first on the desolates drop and then started offering it to other projects um, and just learned a lot, built a lot, hired a lot of really, really smart people, the smartest people that we know, and um, just kept proving out that we could do this. And so we did bigger and bigger and bigger projects, more complex. We did a lot of bespoke engineering work. We had our engineers actually build stuff for these projects just to prove that we could do it. Um, we ended up doing something called summer sale, uh, which you may have seen in our crossland discord. It ran for three months over the summer and it was a website that we curated and it had listings, um, sourced from magic Eden that were like the bottom, uh, the, the 10 NFTs on the floor from projects that the community, uh, wanted us to have in the summer sale. And you could buy all of them with a credit card. And so it was like the first time we could do secondaries using Crossmint was on our own site. And so we did this for months and we kept rotating out collections based on what, uh, you know, what minted recently. And so people wanted to buy it on secondary with a credit card and then also what the community wanted. And so this was a great way to prove out this concept that we could do secondary sales with this credit card checkout mechanism because other credit card payment mechanisms exist like MoonPay where you can buy NFTs the problem is, is the way that they do it is using their crypto payment um, system, uh, their crypto payment system, whereas we do it in a totally different model that looks at NFTs more like they are a digital good. And that is our only thing that we do is NFTs for now. Um, and so 
you know, instead of using your credit card to top up your crypto wallet and then buy, which is how, you know, a lot of these mechanisms do, which is still really cool. Um, I've used MoonPay quite a bit, but the way that we did it is we made it so you didn't have to have anything, like nothing, no crypto, no wallet, nothing. And you could just click the button. You could buy, like I said, Google Pay, Apple Pay, debit card, credit card. Um, and then it would just put that NFC in your CrossMint wallet. You didn't have to KYC either. That's mm. another big part of it too, um, because it is a digital goods purchase. It is not crypto. You're not buying crypto from us. We actually keep fiat and crypto. Those worlds are separate in the CrossMint world. So projects never have to deal with fiat. And um, customers don't have have to worry about crypto with us at all. And so it's a very it's a very cool system. It's very clean cut. Um, and by doing all of these different projects and having great success with them, and then obviously making sure we're going through and tweeting these successes and making it making people aware of what we're doing and that we are doing a good job of this. That's how you start landing these clients mm. because then they see that you are reliable. It's not easy. You can't just do it overnight. I mean, sometimes maybe you can, but it's one of those things where, especially in a new um, emerging technology space, you really got to prove yourself. If you've got a big claim, like, yeah, for five with five lines of code, you can add credit card payments on your NFC mint in five minutes and it's free like that. That kind of a thing, just to say that is that's a that's a, a big deal. And you have to really be able to back that up. So that's what we did is we made sure we had the ability to back it up. Yeah. And, you know, th that's like the best advice. Like, you know, one of my questions would have been like, hey, you know, as a new founder or someone like, you know, um, you know, diving into the space and wanting to get their project out there, you know, what would you recommend? But you just literally laid it down, uh, you know, literally show up, um, literally show them what you're doing and building, create social proof, create presence and, and uh, give, give, give. And next thing you know. Um, you know, you build a, a multi-million dollar business, right? So, um, yeah, we are VC funded and, uh, and yeah, been through a couple rounds now and, um, have some very, very high end high powered investors on our side. So, yeah. Um, yeah. uh, love to talk about that in a, in a little second. What I do want to talk about is, um, you know, when you were working on, uh, building the team and scaling the, where you guys are at right now with CrossMint. I'm really curious to sort of the process of, you know, onboarding a lot of team members and, you know, when, what it really means to build out this startup. I'm really interested on that. So like I said earlier, um, we really just uh, built out our team by hiring the smartest people that we know. And that means that we weren't just taking people at face value because this is one of those things where, again, a resume doesn't really cut it. Um, you can say you're great at X, Y, and Z, like you could be the best salesperson ever. But if you have never been in a DGEN space and spoken in front of 600 people and, you know, people making jokes about you, or, you know, if you've never been rugged or you don't even know what, you know, a lot of the stuff means, you're just not going to make it. You're NGMI, friend. So I would say you have to know people. you got to know who you're going to hire. Now, some people we do hire that we didn't know. They didn't know me. But I proved myself, right? I was there for a couple of months. I, I docked myself to them. I said, here, here's my resume. Like, here's what I've done. Um, you know, you can see that I had a lot of ambition because I've worked at many different places. 
And I worked at those places because I believed in those products. I believed in the mission of what they were doing. I wasn't just doing it for a pay. I mean, I'm doing it for a paycheck. Everybody is. But I really, really liked what I worked on. So it, I showed that I had to have a passion for the things I worked on. So that's why I was. I proved that I was interested and had a passion for CrossFit because of my past and what I've done in the past. Also, the fact that I write books at night. Like, not everybody's going to be crazy. Like, I'm not really a workaholic. I just get, I, I have an extreme aversion to boredom. And so I always am doing something. So like when you see somebody like that, you know that they're driven, you know, they're creative, you know, they want, they're, they're passionate. They want to make something, they want to craft something. And so, you know, grabbing the people that you start to identify these markers, you're going to have a really high bar. You can't just be like, oh, you want to work with us and expect that and, and treat that like, you can't treat that like it's a favor to you. You have mm. to be discerning. You have to say no. You've got to learn how to just like, no, you're like, you know, don't be rude, but like, you can't just be like, oh, you want to work with us? That's so cool. Oh my gosh, I'm so <laughs> nice. Like, well, you know, they might have a killer resume, but be like, I'm not really sure that you will enjoy this. You may not be a good fit because X, Y, Z, whatever. Um, and let them prove you wrong. But that's really what I would say is, is find people you know who are passionate and they may not have the resume for it, but if they have the right traits, they could potentially be better than anybody out there with the resume for it. Now, do do you work specifically and help like with like the teamwork environment or do you have other people on the team that, you know, creates the systems and, you know, making sure that the the CRMs and all the rest is like flowing very, very nicely? Um, Whose job is that? That's a good question. So we all do everything. (laughs) So I, I, we kind of take on the things that we're really passionate about. And then as we're getting to be bigger, we're starting to be like, okay, we would need somebody to do this and be like, all right, we're going to have to start assigning things. Um, And that's just the nature of when you get to get to be more than, you know, 15, 20 people, you start to have to look at, okay, you know, we, we really need to just not expect things to get done because our, as you get to be that many people, your work expectation and your workload expands exponentially and so you can't just be like everybody has optics on what everybody else is doing and we see this isn't being done and somebody just picks it up and does it it has to be assigned and those sorts of things so what i do personally is i um early on i signed up for notion and i got everybody on board and i said we're gonna put all of our documentation in here i don't care you can complain all you want you're not putting in google docs because nobody finds shit in google docs Mm -hmm. and so that's what we did and so i started um, you know, putting my, putting my, uh, money where my mouth was. And I started building out, uh, what I call our GTM SOP GTM means go to market SOP means standard operating procedure. And so that's like all of our sales information about all of our products, different situations, uh, everything about like, uh, fees, integration, who to talk to for what, like all this stuff. And it's a huge document that I've been building. And so it's, it's like one of those things where now there's a big resource. So when people onboard, they can just see that and be like, oh, okay. If I want to find out about, you know, how do I integrate with marketplaces? Go here. Like, how do I, you know, what are our, what's our fee structure? Okay. Go here, you know, and they can just read it. So um, yeah, as far as like, you know, using CRM and then like on the engineering side, you know, we have, we have a pretty standard engineering team now because it's really big. Um, I think we have like, Man, I don't know how many we have. At least half of our team is engineering, if not more. I would say actually way more. Yeah, it's probably more like two thirds of our team is engineering because there's only like four, five, six, six of us on the sales team. And yep. that includes the two of us that are, because I'm also PR, which counts as community. So I'm also on yeah. the team as well. 
So yeah, I'm pretty sure that it's about two thirds of the company is engineering. And then we have, you know, ops support and hiring HR, um, those kinds of folks, but oh no, we have like eight people on sales. Anyway, um, I digress. The problem is, is everybody does so many different things. I kind of start to put mm-hmm. them in a group <laughs> and then I'm like, oh wait, no, they're actually in our group. So yeah, it's, it's more about. Either way, there, there are processes and there are systems in place, right? So, there are some, uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Some. <laughs> it's, it's a part of it, but uh, I think it's at great. the at the end of the day, I think for, you know, all of the listeners and so forth, it's like, we got to understand, like, you know, CrossMint here is literally that bridge to make, you know, the the Web2 guy and the simplicity of onboarding. Um, they're here to be that 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 bread and glue that does that job, right? So mm-hmm. um, you've explained everything super well. Um, it's very simple to understand what you guys do. It really is, you know, credit card payments. Um, I love that it's like so simple. You're like, you flag it as a basically buying like a merchandise, right? It's like going to a store, buying an art or it's like, you know, my credit card company is just thinking I'm buying something on Amazon, really. Um, You know, like if I, if I use my credit card on MoonPay, it gets denied every time, right? It does not work. Right. And, and here, you know, it goes through no problem. So I really like, that's how you made it work with the merchants. So um yeah, so that's really it. Um, you know, now my my little bit of details would be like running some numbers if like I don't know what you can share number of wise and like you know you talked about VC funding, right? So mm-hmm. like I would love to hear a little bit more of like the number side of things and sort of where you guys are projected and where you guys are leading and going to. Yeah, um, I could talk about some of it, and it's all going to be very out of date because our numbers constantly change, especially because we've only been around for less than a year. So, um, but yeah, what numbers did you want to talk about? I'm just curious, like, you know, like user base, like how many people have been using it, um, you know, sort of like, uh, I guess, you know, some sort of revenue numbers slash projections and um, yeah. Uh, yeah, so we have had, see, I don't ever keep these numbers in my head. I'm sorry. Um, but we have had a lot of CrossMint wallets created. So that's going to be anybody who signs up for CrossMint and uses it. Uh, anybody who signs up for CrossMint doesn't use it. Anybody who uh, is a recipient of an airdrop that's done by like a Web2 company or something that mints a whole ton of uh, NFTs using our Mint API and then drops them to these wallets, which the, the users will get an email notification and they can click on a link to go and claim that NFT in that wallet and it becomes theirs. Um, I think if I remember correctly, we're well over either, it's like, God, I'm trying to remember. I'm sorry. I think it's like a million. I think we're over a million wallets created. Um, it's quite a lot. We have, we have a lot of developers. We actually keep stats on our developers that sign up with our self-service portal. Um, and we are, when over the summer when, you know, Solana and, and Ethereum and all NFTs and crypto were tanking, um, overall, our mint volumes, our signups, our wallet creations um, went up anywhere from 200 to 250%. Yeah. So it indicated that people were liquidating and, and removing their assets from um, crypto, but at the same time, people wanted to participate and wanted to participate in more of a structured form and in more of a very specific um, purchase again at the point of sale, 
which is indicating people don't want to keep the, the assets on hand, but they want to be able to still participate using their credit card or whatever. And so that is, and again, we do credit card, but we also do cross-chain payments. So you can buy Solana NFTs with Ethereum and vice versa and more chains to come. We support four chains currently and got about four more in the, in the pipeline. And we look to be an omni-chain um, system eventually so that people who use CrossMint, doesn't matter what chain it is, just doesn't matter. And that's the way it should be for for folks who are onboarding. Well, you're making the whole NFT space um, easier. Yeah, really. that's it, the it, idea. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's the goal. It's a simple yeah. mission, right? Just like so. So, yeah. Um, uh, when it comes down to your like VC funding and stuff like that, like how how exactly does that work for a company to be like, hey, you know what? Um, we're at this time of stage where we need some more capital, and you know, let's 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 go into a VC round and uh, mm-hmm. making sure that we can continue to scale and grow as needed. Um, how's that process? Uh, I can't really speak to that, and that's one okay. of our, our one of our co-founders is the big business guy. Um, yeah. but he essentially we have a lot of contacts. Um, he worked in that world for a long time, so we and we um, have great relationships. So again, it comes down to building relationships with people and meeting them where they're at. Um, a lot of our big funder, our big funders and our uh, people that really believe in us are fo- the same folks that led uh, early rounds at like Coinbase, OpenSea, um, PayPal, Square, the big ones, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so those are those are the ones that saw potential in those companies, and they also see potential in us. And so that's that's really humbling. Um, it's really cool to see that, but it go- it on- honestly it aligns with how I feel about the company. So. Um, it's just something that has to be done. It's not sexy. It's not very exciting, but damn, when no. you use it, it feels good. And that's, that's what we want to be. Yeah. Well, honestly, I'm just super excited to see the future of, of Crossman and just the whole space as a whole, right? Like, uh, I'm here to plant my flag. I'm here to stay. And, uh, you know, we, we got the popcorn already ready. So, um, I, I'm, I'm excited because I think there's a lot in store for the, for the business as a whole. So, mm-hmm. Um, you know, I guess lastly, you know, I'd love to, you know, hear a bit more about, you know, your science fiction, um, you know, and, <laughs> yeah. and what, what you do. And it sounds like you, you, ha- yeah, I'd love to hear more about that. Yeah, sure. Let's talk about me for a minute. So mm. <laughs> I, I, I honestly, um, I've been, I've been wanting to be an author all my life. Um, it was, it's an interesting story. I don't ever really tell it. I don't think I've ever told it on any space or podcast or anything, but um, when I was like 13, I wrote my first book. It was just a children's book. I illustrated it and everything and fell in love with the idea. I've always been a huge reader. Um, and I started writing a book. Um, I had a huge outline. I had about 30,000 words written. I was drawing all the characters, spaceships, schematics, everything. It was a you know sci-fi book. And uh, it was called Saurian Central. And it was about dinosaurs found on the moon of Ganymede. Um, and so then I went in the military uh, in 20, or I'm not going to say what year. I was 17. Let's say that. And uh, I went in the military and I ended up getting deployed to Iraq. Um, I brought my my laptop with me and it had the only copy of my book on it. And I had all my pictures and diagrams and everything with me. I thought I was going to work on it while, you know, in between guard duty shifts or whatever. And um, the building ended up burning and I lost everything. Mm-hmm. And so it was, you know, I was only at that point, I think I was 19, Um I just remember sitting there in a truck outside, you know, a decent half. Um, I had nothing but my, I had my M16 and my camera. um, Because that was all I could grab when I left the the building as it was on fire. And I remember sitting there for five days watching it burn and just like feeling this extreme sense of loss, you know. 
Um, and then it took me about 10 years and I started getting into technology. I said, okay, well, I'm going to go get into tech. That's how I make money. I've seen it happen before. After that, you know, I got into technology and, and I've always been a big fan. Um, but it wasn't really, honestly, it wasn't very fulfilling. It wasn't what I wanted to do. It wasn't that thing that was like, man, I'm just so excited to go to my job, no matter what it was. And like I said, I work on projects that I really believe in and things that I can get passionate about. And I think part of that is because I honestly, deep down in my heart, I've always wanted to be a writer. Um, and so I had to find some other motivation to do the work that I did. I couldn't just work at a job every day because I loved what I did. So um, I had a near-death experience in 2019. Uh, I just had a random thing happen to me in my spine. It's like, can happen to one in a million people. And I was like, okay, if I die before writing a book, I'm going to be pissed. So I, during the three months I had to take off of work, I sat there and, um, you know, I was on pain meds and all this stuff. And, and, uh, cause they had to do surgery on my spine and I read everything I could get my hands on about writing. Like I actually was like, you know, instead of just trying to write and just kind of piddling out a few a thousand words a year, I am going to actually study it and learn how to do it. And I'm not a very good studier. I've always been somebody who was just really good at just acing tests and just learning by osmosis and all this stuff and learning by actually studying it and then doing it and learning by failing is something that was not very comfortable or, you know, something that was new to me. And so, but I did it anyway. And so I started getting up at 6am and I would write for three hours before work. And I finished my first novel, September 5th, uh, 2020. So the year 2020 was actually really great for me um, because nobody expected me to be anywhere. It was no social obligations. It was awesome. Um, it was 150,000 word epic fantasy. And that was when I decided I love reading fantasy. I don't like writing it very much. And so then I started writing a um, five book series called that is codenamed Space Girl Cat. Uh, and it's a cozy, hard sci-fi involving a uh, a hippie girl who is a princess from her long-lost colony planet um, who finds herself into space and um, befriends a disabled cat alien. I know it sounds goofy, but it's actually super cool. Like I said, it is hard sci-fi. And together they discover, you know, secrets of the universe. It's what we call a buddy cop uh, adventure where two unlikely friends come together and find out they have to, they have to uh, rely on each other to solve their problems. So... Uh, so that's what I'm doing now. Um, I've won an award already for one of my short stories, and I'm uh, entering into one of the biggest, if not the biggest, contests in the world uh, for science fiction and fantasy called Writers of the Future, um, hoping to have really good news about hopefully winning the whole damn thing. Um, that's that's Let's my goal. Let's go. Yeah, that's what I want to do. It's like a big Hollywood gala and everything. They roll out the red carpet, and they like have people there to out, like stylists and stuff to like put the, even fancy mm -hmm. clothes. It's awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm stoked. Um, but yeah, I want to be traditionally, I want to do traditional publishing and I want to, I have a list, I have, um, a list of agents that I spoke with another agent. She got a hold of some other ones. They want to talk with me about my book. Um, so I'm working on getting the, the first one of that five book series ready to go. Uh, it's in its like third round, fourth round of edits right now. And, uh, book two is already underway. So that's where I'm at. And I've written tons of short stories and short stories are my jam, but they're not that bad actually. Once you start getting into them, they're kind of cool. They're fun. So yeah, first time I've ever told that story to anyone. That's it's so freaking cool. Like, and and I'm glad that you shared it. Honestly, you know, it's like that that little bit of a personality uh, behind the voice. You know, so yeah. it's um, <laughs> it's 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 special. And and man, like 
you definitely uh, went a little deep there. So thank you for opening up. Uh, you know, it goes a long way. And um, it's my pleasure. I, I appreciate you having me on. And I just feels feels awesome to talk here in this space. Like you're a good you, host. So thank do, you. Do you do you plan to? Because uh, you mentioned uh, like you know maybe having a maybe your own NFT around it or something like that. Do you plan to incorporate you know some of your writing and some of your you know this passion for you know sci-fi and writing like uh, into some sort of NFT? Yeah, I, actually, I'm really glad you asked. So, mm-hmm. you know, the first, the, the Desolates project we were talking about, right? Mm-hmm. So the Desolates actually inspired. So one of my Desolates that I own inspired the, uh, the essentially the material for the story that won the award. Mm. So the one that just won an award. It's actually readable. No you way. can find my Twitter at Jennifer, J-N-N-F-I-R, and it's my pin post. You can actually go and read the story there. Uh, and yeah, so it's based on an NFT. So eventually... My goal is to, in that desolates, in a desolates planet, because this is one mm. of the reasons why I love desolates, you can build whatever you want it. And so there's an there's a SDK being built, which means you can code your own experiences. Yeah. And obviously, Crossman's going to be involved. Um, and they already have uh, cross-chain compatibility. So you can have Ethereum NFTs on your Solana planet as well. And so I want to build a giant library. And then you can walk in it because they're all VR compatible already. You can walk in it in VR and you can see my stories on the shelves. And you can like... Yeah it like a library book and then you can buy it if you want using crossmint and then you can have your own crossmint wallet that i'm going to embed and then it's gonna yeah it's gonna be awesome i'm super excited super <laughs> gotta get that right <laughs> well i i'm personally definitely gonna go and read that because i'm, I'm also curious to more of your work and yeah. how to support it more um and then you'll have to let me know once when um i can come into your desolate world and like see Mm -hmm. what you build there i would love to to go there first person and and go and take a look myself and and have that experience it sounds like it'd be very fun and unique i i've been on the desolates uh worlds there but i i I would love to be in your world there so yeah yeah i appreciate that honestly i have a goal to write all my favorite nfts including my d god that is right behind Mm. me that unfortunately for the benefit of all of you who are listening you can't see um but it's a alaska background with a uh his his leopard print skin with a with a dad hat and a a pipe and a and a doctor jacket he's like well he's like the one that i've always wanted and so i want to write his story i want to write a short Mm. story that's his background and then i'm going to go ahead and because i can use that ip I can go ahead and utilize that for um, the cover art for the story. So that's, that's what I really want to do. I obviously would modify it because it would be a cover, but you know, we'll see. I want to make sure I do everything right. But that's the idea is take these cool NFTs. Like this one here is a neural AI that's actually inspired by desolates because we worked Mm. with them to get their whole gallery off the ground. So they gave us some honorary ones and printed those for us. And I have a bunch of NFTs that I just love the art and the story and the team behind it so much that it's just, there's just brimming with storytelling, just ready to be told. So I would love to have just like a whole gallery of NFT stories. I think you you could literally make your own little, um, you know, your niche, your branding, like of who you are around, (laughs) you know, the stories that you're going to create, right? It's like, you know, a a lot of people. A lot of people will read that D God story, right? And they'll be like, oh my God, you know, and, and become, you know, some form of emotion will be involved in that exchange, right? And mm-hmm. it'll be like, it'll be really beautiful to add in, right? And it's like, you know, I would love to have okay. storylines and other NFT projects that, you know, we're working on and all that jazz too, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, um, you know, we talk about lore in, in a lot of NFTs and it's a it's a big part of the stories of, all these images that are are, mm-hmm. are created right but it's yeah. like you make your own uniqueness out of it 
um, you as the author, as uh, as the writer, it's I, I think you should definitely dive deeper into it and and share more. Honestly, I yeah. I, I want you to, I, I want to I want to see more is what I want to see. So I appreciate. Yeah, I know that. I know you're already doing it, but I want you to I want you to do more, even though you're all doing all the things for crossman yeah and, and don't worry i'm right i'm trying lines, so. i'm trying i got a hard cut off here in an hour and a half i'm like i because <laughs> i will work until like 10 p.m every day if i'm allowed to because i do love my job but um yeah i make sure that i had give myself two two hours minimum every night for writing so so yeah well, i got a, I got a deadline on friday i have to be submitted in so you, i'm not even done yet you, so. you're already you're already doing a freaking good job with like the whole like, hey, you know what? I'm dedicating myself to like learning all about writing, right? I'm going to go study, read the greats and figure out, you know, what makes a really good sci-fi to mm-hmm. like an okay sci-fi, right? And you're like, yeah. you're like, yeah, so you're stepping into it. And then plus now you're practicing it two hours a day, right? It's like, you know, for anything, guys, you know, this is like, you know, standard 101, it's like, if you want to be good at anything, you just, you know, make that commitment, you know, even if it's 30 minutes a day, but it's that consistent effort over that period of time that compounds into such a, an incredible result, right? And it's like, um, I had this like realization over the last couple of weeks, like these downloads have been like spitting into me. And it's all about how 100 days is the simple answer to anything. Um, so what does that mean? It's like, if you commit a hundred days to some sort of subject or something that you want to become better at, you're going to become better at it. And, you know, so, you know, creating a hundred days of discipline for yourself, um, you know, whether it's, you know, physical, like, you know, working out could be a great first place to start because it trains you to keep a word to yourself. And it trains you that you can actually, you know, show up for yourself. Right. And you do that over a hundred day period, say, for example, working out, well, now you can stack that on, you know, for example, writing, right? Or you stack in other virtues or other habits within there. And, you know, it takes that hundred days to do so. And mm-hmm. you can do that with one thing, you can do it with anything. And it's just like really beautiful that you've like encompassed that with, uh, with like, you know, your side passion or your main passion, really. Cause, you know, NFTs is, is a big passion, but like, you know, writing, yeah. And and sci-fi, you know, it's it's a it's a big one. So it's the speculative uh, nature of things that I love. I'm a dreamer. So like yeah. NFTs, Web three, it's all to say, you know, where the hell are we going to be? Like in five years, like in next month, sure. But like uh, it's gonna it's crazy. And so writing is you know writing sci-fi is very similar. It's exactly what science fiction is, right? Is is speculating on the uh, future of science and and, and technology. You, you might be able to you know you talk about your desolate planet, right? It's just some you know it's a it's a, its own metaverse, right? And you know we talk about this metaverse world. Well, you could literally input and download whatever you want into this world mm-hmm. and use your imagination to create you know a a gen metaverse right and 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 like that that sounds cool to download and like you know and then you can you can uh fuck with physics really like you know you don't have to play by the laws in in the in that world and um yeah i'm it's cool so i'm just uh, (laughs) i I, i'm now dreaming you know so yeah good yeah but anyway i think we'll cut off the show here um if you have anything else that you want to add like maybe that we didn't touch in or you know any last words that you wanted to share um feel free to now but other than that um we'll we'll end it there i do have one one small thing if you if you really really love something um don't find a way to enter it that you think is traditional um whether that's writing uh nfts you know any job a startup whatever I would say make sure you find the one thing that you are really, really good at 
So one thing that I'm really good at is dreaming, speculating, talking about it, um, going into deep conversations. And that sort of thing lends itself well to, uh, you know, PR, business development, relationships with customers within the NFT sphere, because we're all dreaming. How the heck are we going to make this work? Um, So make sure you, you know, that goes for not only if you're looking to be for a job or a, you know, a meaning of something you're doing or whatever. It also goes for anybody who's doing an NFT community. Um, if you are building a community, I highly recommend, I've seen thousands, literally thousands of communities now that I have worked with like closely as, you know, from Crossman's perspective. And um, I would say, make sure you do one thing really, really well. Find the one thing that you guys can differentiate yourselves on and don't try to do everything just because it's what everybody's doing. You don't have to do, you know, uh, some sort of, you know, your own coin, your own staking, your own, you know, raffles, uh, mutations, airdrops, profit sharing, like all this stuff is, it's all just kind of gimmicks. If you, if you want to do gimmicks, that's fine. But if you really want to try and find something that you're really, really good at, and you can improve on it just 1%, you are going to be an asset to this to this space and you are going to push technology forward and people will see that as long as you're not just trying to rug it, you know, that'd be kind of crappy. Don't do that. But um, yeah, that's all I have to say. Just be yourself, find the thing you're super passionate about, try to apply it to the space you want to be in. And, you know, don't, don't try to be everything to everyone because in writing, especially we have a saying, if you try to please everyone in your books, you will please no one and you will be a failure. You want to make sure that you write what you love. And if you don't write what you love, it's going to come through in the book. So be what you love. There you go. You guys heard it here. So I, I love those last minute downloads. It's like you're <laughs> you're literally speaking from you know that higher source and you know sharing it here with with the listeners. So um, you know, guys, that's it for this episode. To find out more about you know Crossmint, it'll all be in the show links below, and as well, you know, to connect with Jen, you know, follow her tweets, um, go read her story. Um, you know, uh, you'll be able to find that below as well. Um, you know, you'll, you'll see her on spaces as well. Uh, just, you know, give her a follow. She's very active around and, you know, she's always commenting and tweeting back. And guys, if you do like, you know, you use Crossmint, you do like it. Um, also share a tweet as well, because, you know, just that one little, um, you know, that one uh, message that one post could lead to, you know, inspiring someone else too. And uh, so definitely mm-hmm. uh, share it out there and let the people know about your experience. So, um, thank you so much, Jen. And uh, it was a pleasure. It was a lot of fun. Thank you. It was a lot. It was a, definitely a great talk. And I really enjoyed this time. I, I appreciate you, man. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, guys, you made it. This is the end of the episode. And before you, you know, tune away and, you know, go do your thing, I wanted to let you know a couple things of you know, what Club NFT is here to really do, right? Because if you're, you know, struggling and, you know, not really getting the results that you're wanting in the NFT space as an investor or someone that, you know, being involved or maybe just getting started, you need to figure out where to even get started. Well, guess what? We got you at Club NFT. You know, Club NFT as a whole, we help, you know, beginners in the space, you know, become more profitable, right? We educate them, you know, and education trumps literally everything and they're going to give you that winning edge on most people, right? Because most people fail in this space. We want you to become a winner as we understand, you know, NFTs are the number one moneymaker here today in 2022 in the online space, right? And you want to be a part of it. So 
If you want to figure out a little bit more about all these details, you can find that at clubnft.art. You'll find all the details there, as well as you'll see some of our previous episodes. And as always, guys, I want to encourage you to share this with people, right? Let's get this out there, this podcast to more people as we want to empower more founders, more entrepreneurs to get involved in this space, right? So go do that right now. Share it to your story. Share it on Twitter. Uh, post about it as well don't forget to rate this episode five stars right you can do that on spotify on apple Podcasts, and for the people that are still listening right now i want to reward you i want to give you a gift and my gift to you is very simple once a month i'm going to be doing a lucky draw so people that go out and share this people that go and give this five stars i'm going to be you know going through the the people that rated this show I'm going to pick one random winner every single month until I decide to cancel this. Um, Every single month, I'm going to give away a personal NFT from my collection, right? And I'm going to gift that to them. Maybe it'll be your first NFT. Maybe it'll be your hundredth one. But I want to give that to you guys as being a loyal listener, supporting me from the early stages. I want to gift that to you. Um, So that being said, guys, thank you for tuning in. I appreciate every single one of you, and I hope you received tremendous amounts of value go check out the next episodes as we continue to find founders in this space and interview them and hear their perspectives of what web3 is all about as always lastly feel free to follow me on all social platforms it's one handle it is at i trevor johnston at yeah that's it at i trevor johnston find me on all platforms that's letter i in front and johnston j-o-h-n-s-t-o-n so very simple guys if you have any questions need me anything like that or want to be featured on this podcast simply just dm me and i got you and uh yeah that's it guys so thank you and remember stay legendary